I may be wrong here in making this statement, so if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but if I'm right, I'm right. I understand that little Ella Vincent is here. Hello? Okay. Stand up and let us see Ella. This is a miracle baby, y'all. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, gives me cold chills. Mm. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the book of Revelation. Not Revelations, but Revelation, chapter 20. Revelation 20. Revelation 20, beginning with verse 12. Now this is uh, John speaking through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. If you don't know or if you remember, uh, John was taken to the Isle of Patmos and beaten to death for preaching the word. But God wasn't done with him. And God raised him up. And he said, I want you to write these things down that people will know what's coming. All right? So he says in verse 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'd have mercy upon our sorry souls. That you'd forgive us of our sins and you'd cleanse our heart and hear our prayer. Lord, I pray right now for every person in this room that has never accepted you as their Savior. Lord, I pray that you speak to them through this word that they will die. If they don't accept you, they will die, be cast into hell, and be judged. Lord, please, may your Holy Spirit be all over this place this morning. God, we'll thank you and praise you, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The question the little boy asked was, what is a book? How would you describe to a little feller what a book is? Well, I will attempt to describe what a book is. It's a binder full of pages, and those pages have words on them. However, there are books that only have pictures in them. I love those kind of books. You know, a picture's worth a thousand words, it says, Right? And so as we look at a picture, if it's a good picture, it's going to tell us what's going on. Well, there's been thousands upon thousands of books have been written. And, uh, you know, it's amazing to me, uh, the books we have. I have many, many, many books. I remember when I first started, uh, after I surrendered to preach, and I started going to school and, and, and getting books along the way, and and Lynn asked me one time, she said, are you going to read all these books? I said, probably not. But if I get one idea, if I get one sermon out of a book, it's worth whatever it costs. 
along the, through the years, people have bought me books. Um, and they have loaned me books. So I'll tell you this more, don't loan me a book, okay? Unless you put a, a tracer on the book uh, so you can run it down. Now, I have loaned books and never got them back. I've loaned books and don't remember who I loaned them to. So I thought, well, maybe if I don't remember, they probably don't remember who they loaned, who got it from either. Well, when I think of that, I want to share something with you. There's at least three books that we should be concerned and interested in. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. Three books. You notice there uh, in, in the verse 12, he said, I saw the dead small and great stand before God. That tells you something. Just listen, y'all. It tells me that I will stand before God. You'll not bypass that. Lost or saved, you will stand before an almighty God and answer for the life you have lived. So he says, and the books with an S, and the books were opened. And then it says another book was opened, which is the book of life. All right, first of all, we want to look at the book of instructions. Okay, we have that. Uh, now, uh, listen to me before you do something, okay? If you have your Bible with you this morning, whether it be a physical book or an iPhone or an iPad or whatever, I want you to hold it up right now. Hold it up high. Get it up there now. See, we need a picture of this. Somebody needs to jump up here right quick and make a picture. You can put it down for a moment. I want a picture taken. Holly, come on up here, please. I want a picture taken. I hear so many pastors say, well, my folk just don't, uh, you know, they just don't bring the book to church. Well, I can beg to differ with them. All right, come on up here, girl. All right, would you raise those up again? Just raise the book up. Hey, I'll just hold that up. Raise the book up. Okay, do that. Ready? Amen, what a sight. Amen, praise God. Books, the Bible, God's holy word. I got to thinking about it as I was working on this sermon. I got to thinking about it. I need to take some Bibles with me to church, Okay. The smallest Bible that I have, I got it right here. And some of you that have 20-20 plus vision, if you do, if you have that kind of vision, I want you to come stand right here. If you have 20-20 plus vision, because you're going to need it. Anybody want to admit you got that? All right, Jesse, right here. Now, I hope you're going to prove to be true here. Okay? Now, there's a cross on this Bible. All right, read me what that says. New Reverse Standard Version. Read the whole thing. The Holy Bible containing the Old and New Testaments, the Revised Standard Version. Thank you. I got it right here. That's the smallest Bible I know of that has the Old and the New Testament in it, all the way from Genesis to the book of Revelation. Now, hey, it's smaller than what I can read, even with these things I got on my eyes. But I thought, I forget who gave me this. They gave it to me many years ago because I preached the Bible. I've always preached the Bible. And so they gave me uh, that little Bible. Then I have another little Bible, just the New Testament only in Psalms that I carry. I can carry it in my pocket. And I, I was thumbing through it this morning. I mean, the sermons is marked up in this tiny little book that you can carry and, and 
it's a concealed weapon. Yes, I have a permit to carry it from the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello! Hey, you can't take it away. You may take it physically away, but you can't take it out of here. You might even try to shoot it out, but you better make it fatal because I'm going to keep on chunking, okay? Then I had another little Bible. It says a personal Bible, and it has verses of comfort, assurance, and salvation in it. A neat little Bible that you can just pass and, and give out uh, to people like, hey, at funerals, weddings, wherever you are, you can pass that out. And then I got the big dog of all. I mean, hey, <laughs> I mean, it's probably 10 pounds work. Can you imagine working on somebody with that? You know, hey, I mean, it's got everything imaginable uh, in it. But, hey, it's a bottom line, the Holy Bible. And there it is. You know, I, I appreciate you bringing God's Word to His house. Really. I tell you what's exciting for a pastor is to see people driving up, getting out of their cars, and they got the Bible. They got the book in their hand. They're headed in to see. Listen, I'm not the only one that can read and interpret and understand what the Word of God's saying, okay? It's important that you bring the Word of God. And it also, hey, if I misread something, it's okay. You say, kid, did your Bible say, you, you said this, and the Bible says, I'm sorry. I'm human. If you want to honor me, hey, if you want to honor Lynn and I, be here on Sunday morning, Sunday night. Hey, you can't be any better honor than honoring your pastor and pastor's wife than being present. You say, well, they wouldn't miss me if I wasn't there. We may not miss you, but we can't get as much done without you. Okay, we'll get it done, but can't get as much done uh, without you being present. So let's look at the books. The book of instruction. Listen. The Holy Bible, God's Holy Word. There's never been, of all the books in the world, there's never been a book written like God's Holy Word. Now, different people have different ideas, but early on, many, many, many years ago, I was taught that no less than 40 authors put this great book together over a period of 1,500 years. Not, nobody's lived that long. So no, at no time did these authors gather together in a meeting and say, okay, boys, we got to get the story right. we got to have it just right so when people read it, it all coincides with each other. No, they didn't do that because they were under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God that spoke to man and they wrote it down. And the Holy Spirit of God can speak to you. He speaks to me. And hey, he's there for us. He said he promised to never leave us nor forsake us. And we have the Holy Spirit of God. I, I get to think about the Bible. What, one of the things, we, we think about, about the Ten Commandments. We think of, uh, of what it says, that no, no other gods, no idols. Don't use God's name in the wrong way. Keep the Sabbath. Honor your father and your mother. No murder, no adultery, no stealing, no bearing false witness, no coveting. It gives us all that uh, in God's holy word. In John 12, 48 says, He that rejects me, listen, he that rejects me. In other words, if you're lost right now, you are rejecting Jesus. Listen what this verse says to you. He that rejects me does not accept my word. Will my Father who will judge him. Hebrews 9, 27 says, It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this to judgment. We will stand before God and be judged. For our works 
and our ways. Well, when I think about the, uh, uh, the Bible, the, the book of instruction, also think about the basic stuff that's there. In Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not a one of us in here have, uh, can say, I've never sinned. If you do, the Bible says you make God a lie. The truth is not in you. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 10.13 says whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This book, let me tell you something. This book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. The devil don't want you to read that. Hey, it's the true story. He don't have a true story. He is a liar. Bible says he is the father of lies. He's never told the truth and will never, ever tell the truth. So if you're listening to him, if you're lost and you're listening to him right now saying, oh, you don't have to pay him no attention. No, you don't. But I, you won't stand before me. You will stand before God. And God will say, did you not hear what that preacher said about sin and about being lost and about my son Jesus? Did you not hear that? And they'll stand, the Bible says, without excuse. Sometime I would be late for class. And their teacher said, what's your reasoning? Really, I didn't have one. I just didn't want to show up. I'm going to stand before God. And for whatever carrying zone's been going on, we'll be without excuse. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Thy word is a good thing. That I might not sin against God is a, is a good reason to hide that word. That I might not sin against God. It's a good reason to do it. I mean, hey, you can't miss. The question is, do you have a Bible? Do you have a Bible? God's holy word it needs to be read if you do. Secondly, not only is this thing a book of instructions, we want to look at the book of remembrance, okay? It's the, it's the grade book. I've told you this before, I won't go into all the details, but the, the principal, and when I was in high school, came around to the classes, every time we'd pick out, send out report cards, he'd come through the class and sit in the back of the class and call your name. You got up, you went and sat beside him, he went through your grades. And he would discuss the bad grades. Not much was said about the good ones. <laughs> he discussed the bad ones. The books, the grade books were open. Now, it says, and the books were open. That's what the Bible said. The books were open. And one of these books is the book of remembrance. You think, well, hey, God's not going to remember all this. He don't have to. He's got it wrote down. Why do you think it's a book? What good would a book be without words? Okay? Notice. Good deeds. Our good deeds. What are some good deeds? Well, visiting the sick. Sitting with the sick. Visiting the shut-ins. Visiting neighbors, helping the poor, sending cards to people who need encouragement, sending cards of birthdays, anniversaries, any occasion. They got cards for any occasion. They got a card for the occasion. You know, any of them. Phone calls. Just pick up the phone and say, hey, we missed you today. Carrying someone somewhere, doctors, appointments. Bottom line is just loving people. 
You know, it's no trouble to love people. And sometimes it's hard to love those who don't love you. But the Bible says I got to love them. I don't have to like them, their ways, but I've got to love them. You don't have to like all my ways, but you've got to love me if you claim to be a child of God. And we don't show that love sometimes. The book of instructions tells us to love one another. Love others as you love yourself. God says, how in the world can you love me? You've never seen me. You can't love, uh, love your neighbor who you, who you see. How are you going to do that? Bible says no man has ever seen God at any time. No man. Well, not only some good deeds, but how about the bad deeds? Got any bad deeds? We all have. Wrong use of God's name. I've heard so many different slang languages using God's name. Oh, Lord. And what did that mean? They weren't calling on, oh, Lord, help me. No, they weren't. Oh, God. They weren't calling on it. And on and on the name goes, being slung out there with, you know, all kinds of, of meanings. The wrong use of God's name. Not honoring um, others that need to be honored. Killing one another. Fornication. You know what that is? That's sex outside of marriage. Adultery. You know what that is? That's running around on your mate. Bad deeds. God's going to judge them all. Wrong attitudes. Harsh words. Temper. Cutting somebody off in traffic. Getting our way. If I don't get my way, I'll quit. Well, you may quit here on earth many th times because you didn't get your way. But when you stand before God, you won't quit. You won't quit. You say, I quit. Uh-uh. Sorry. It won't work. All right. We, we talk about the, the book of instructions. We talked about the, the book of remembrance. But the third book is this. Found in the Word of God there. The book of life. The book of life. It says, those names were not found written in the book of life, were cast into, what does your Bible say? Talk out, let's hear it. Lake of fire. Lake of fire. Where the worm dieth not. Where the fire does not go out. You say, I can't believe there'd be such a place. Well, there is. The Bible speaks of it many times. The rich young uh, ruler is there. The, the, the rich man is there and many others are there who did not believe in and accept God as a creator and did not accept the Lord Jesus Christ they're in a place called hell and they'll never ever get a second chance oh they're going to be called out of there they're going to be called out of that, that place to stand before God and to be judged and then sent back that's a life sentence because our eternity is a long time. You know, I think sometimes we think, well, if, if I could just live to be 70, I'll be happy. 70 is nothing. Some of you done passed that. And you think, where has time gone? Time won't be anymore in heaven or hell. And let's be there. On and on, forever and ever and ever. Eternal punishment is what the Bible says. I didn't say it. It's a book where 
All the redeemed are listed. All the redeemed. All those who have called on the Lord Jesus Christ and invited the Holy Spirit into their heart and have been saved. That's the redeemed. If their name is not there, you will hear Jesus himself say, Depart from me. You hear God the Father say, Depart from me. I never knew you. In a personal way. In a way that you accepted my son. I never knew you. Right now, if you're saved, you ought to in your heart and mind thank God for salvation. Thank God that you're saved. If you're not saved, today is the day. I don't know why some of you keep putting it off. It's just like, hey, if I don't get it now, if I don't catch this bus, there'll be another one. No, there will not. There's only one bus coming to take you to heaven. There's only one bus coming to take you to hell. And I don't mean that literally. I mean that there's only one opportunity, one chance for you and I to get in. You say, well, I'm going to take my chances and live like I want to and live as long as I can. Let me tell you something. Your life could be snuffed out today without warning. And where would you be? I'm serious. You pray hard tomorrow at 11 o'clock. I don't know this couple. I don't know where they're lost or saved. I know where their baby is. The baby's in heaven. But I got to try to convince them through the Holy Spirit of God and through Scripture that that baby is in the arms of Jesus and if they want to see it again, they've got to be saved. No, it's not nothing I'm looking forward to. I recognize Sanderford's phone number. When I looked down and saw that, I thought, oh, Lord, who's died? Hello? Kenny, we have a body. And then I'm waiting for the name. And then he says, it's a little baby that lived one hour. One hour. Some of you have experienced that. I haven't, thank God. But you're going to hear those words, depart from me, I never knew you. There will be a judge, listen to this, there will be a judge, but no jury. There will be a prosecution, but no defense. There will be a sentence passed, but no appeal. No one will be able to defend themselves or accuse God of not loving how many opportunities? Think with me a moment. How many opportunities can you remember before you were saved? How many people witnessed to you before you were saved? You know what they say it takes today to win one lost person to Jesus? They say it takes 25 attempts to win one lost person to Jesus. That's average. Now, sometime I have, I have witnessed to people that and the first time I've ever witnessed to them, they, they got saved. Thank God for that. And you may be one of those people that the first time somebody really set you down and talked to you about Scripture, that you invited the Lord into your heart right then. You ought to thank God for that moment. I've told you this before, Mount Pisgah Baptist Church, on the left-hand side of the pulpit, a little set of concrete steps, a vacation Bible school teacher set me down and told me about Jesus. And I was baptized. I can take you to the spot. 
I can take you to the spot where I heard God say, I want you to preach. Second Baptist Church in Belton, I mean, excuse me, in Pendleton. To my memory, it's the first time I ever stood before a people and I shared my testimony. <laughs> that was before I surrendered to preach. See, God had his way of hemming us up as we come along. God's trying to hem you up this morning. If you're lost, listen, you've already heard the word. You've already, you already know Jesus died on the cross for your sin and rose again from the grave. You already, you've heard that. So what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that this morning? And say, I, I'm going to sit right here. Well, you go ahead. Let the devil have a victory. You go ahead and just sit right there. But before you walk out those doors, your soul could be required of you. That's all we have, y'all, is our soul. What an awesome scene it's going to be. Listen, before God ushers in a new heaven and a new earth, he's got to deal with sin. The reason our earth is in the shape it's in, hey, it's because of sin. He's got to deal with that first before he ushers in a new one. We can escape this terrible judgment by trusting Jesus as our Savior. John 5, 24. Listen, verily, verily, I say unto you he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life from being spiritually dead to be spiritually alive if you're lost you're spiritually dead right now I mean you, we, you, we're just waiting on the funeral you're spiritually dead but if you're saved you're spiritually alive today. And you know, you know whether you're saved or not. I don't. I know some of you that are and are not. But it's an opportunity this morning. I don't know anything else to say but that the books are going to be opened. And no matter how many billions upon billions of people, everyone is going to stand before God. Say, well, how long is that going to take? It don't make no difference. There won't be no time there. There won't be no clocks. There won't be no cell phones for be. Oh, excuse me, God, I got a phone call. Uh, uh-uh. you forget it. Phone call will be over with. Hear the call of the Lord. You gonna turn him down today? Decision is yours, Father. In the name of Jesus, touch hearts and lives. God, you're so good to us, and Lord, I thank you for saving me. I thank you for calling me and putting me in the place I am. Lord, I pray that you take the thoughts, take your holy word, and plant it in every heart and soul that needs it most today. Save souls, Lord. It's tough to, to stand before a casket and not know where the person went. Lord, I pray for every seat in this auditorium right now and whoever's sitting in it, 
Let them judge themselves right now, whether they're saved or lost. If they're lost, God have mercy upon them. Give them the courage that it takes to come forward and say, I want to be saved. Lord, speak to our hearts, Lord Jesus. God, we'll thank you and praise you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen.